0: Guess what, Dan and Scott? How does God podcast Would you like it or not? Fresh from back in the day when that's a play at the park. 7 pm special where they played after dark. From the birds to the focus to the losses and the win. Welcome podcast, patrons to the show, leave the pen. Get busy golfing or get busy dying. How does God podcast in the swing ain't lying? Yeah. Leave the pen. Welcome back, podcast patrons, the episode 209 of Leave the Pin Podcast. Absolutely insane to say that number. Uh, I'm joined by my good friend, Patrick. You might know him from the goat farm. You might know him from par none podcast. Uh, you're going to see him kind of everywhere in the upcoming months and into the new year on Instagram, social media, everywhere, big metalhead, big golf junkie, just like myself. So this is going to kind of be just a, um, uh, you know, a back and forth episode, a little bit of a riff session, Pat, what is going on, my man?
1: Not a whole lot, I'm stoked to be on the on the podcast I'm hundred um, percent. I love that this is kind of a metal golf thing. I'm not gonna lie. like I've been wanting to do something like this for a while, but it's just kind of hard to find in the golf community people that you can do metal and golf with so um like I'm kind of like lit up like I'm, you can see the story that I posted like I was just glowing like I'm so so ready to do this, man.
0: <laughs> yeah it's uh, you know it's crazy because the the longer I Get into the podcast world. I guess the, the the more I've been into the music world, which has been forever. It's been much longer than golf, you know. Obviously, which I'm sure you know. Same for you. Uh, it blows my mind how many people into kind of the music that were into punk, hardcore, heavy metal music also play golf. And it, it's funny because the episode right before this, uh, Tony from Dragged Under, I just had him on, and I mentioned to him about that, and he said, "Man, it all started with Alice Cooper." And mm-hmm. I thought, wow, I completely forgot about that, you
1: know? Yeah, like the, he was like the number one amateur in the country or the, in the United States for a few years or something like that, or like a year or two. He's a phenomenal He's Yeah, and his golfer. age group, yep. Yeah, and actually, I think he, the reason why he didn't pursue golf is because he went after music instead. He could have gone, a lot of people said he could have gone pro and he just chose not to, which blows my mind. Because if I, I don't know, I always kind of joke around, if I could give up all my golf talent for musical talent, I would do it. Um, cause I would love to be a rock star, but I, I think it's probably like the grass is greener on the other side kind of situation. If I was a rock star, I'd probably say, Oh, I want to be a pro golfer. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that's like, that's like the, that's like the old ad is like all rappers want to be basketball players. All basketball players want to be rappers. Right. Yeah. Like maybe that, maybe that in our genre of music, maybe that's it. Like maybe all metal heads want to be golfers and all golfers want to be like, you know, front men of, of hard <laughs> rock bands.
1: Which is hysterical because you would just usually think they're so polar opposite. Like, they they don't go together at all. But, yeah, no, I've met a lot of metalhead golfers, but they don't, like, advertise. It's almost like they don't want to tell people they listen to heavy metal music while they're on the golf course.
0: Yeah, you know what's funny is that we, we do a segment on our weekly called, like, Who the Hell is That, right? Because all golfers, like pro golfers, like vanilla is all hell, right? I mean, you can line mm-hmm. them all up, take their hats off, and you have no idea who they are. But there's there's always there's so many people in music that want to be golfers. I've yet to find, except, and I'll tell you this story real quick. Except for Brendan Steele, who I had on the pod, who was best friends with the with the um, guitarist of Lincoln Park. They actually had a podcast together for a little bit. He's like a big metalhead. He's played he's played golf with um, uh, M Shadows from Avenged Sevenfold and right. and Sinister, their guitarist, like just crazy. But aside from him, like I can't I can't think of any golfer that would front. You know a metal band
1: victor hovland's a huge metal head but I couldn't, oh, right. I couldn't see him fronting a metal band i just he just looks too nice but then again maybe there's a lot of metal like i've met like uh, the lead singer of polaris i've met jamie uh lead singer of alpha Wolf. they're like the sweetest guys on the planet i got to hang out with fit for a king ryan kirby is the sweetest mm-hmm. guy on the planet it, but like i don't know if i can see victor hovland on on stage just going balls to the wall doing the metal thing
0: <laughs> yeah you know what's crazy like he's into like that norwegian black metal which yeah. i mean like you could say hard rock and metal is a niche you know corner of the musical world but like that is <laughs> you, like that is so specific it's insane
1: yeah it's a, it's very much a subgenre of a genre yeah. kind of thing and there's like only a handful of bands that you could really name that are that have broken through to like the metal scene that Everyone listens to for the black metal scene and everything like that, like like Cradle of Filth kind of thing. Right. Um, everyone knows Cradle of Filth, but there's a laundry list of Norwegian death metal bands that no one's ever heard of.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny because people that listen to this podcast are going to be like, "Wait, what the hell is he talking about? I've never <laughs> heard of Cradle <laughs> of you Filth." Know, but yes, you and I like that's a band that is semi mainstream, popular in that genre. But uh, yeah, it's 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 nuts because it's it's too completely. Different worlds, you mm-hmm. know, like they shouldn't mesh whatsoever. But I think going back to what you said, like a lot of those lead singers being some of the nicest guys in the world, like it's a stage persona. And oh, they yeah. need a way to, you know, kind of decompress and and come off that high of being on stage. And I think golf gives them that.
1: Yeah. There's nothing better than going to like a metal show and you're all decked out in your torn jeans and your band-tee and all that stuff than waking up to like a six o'clock tea time and putting on your golf clothes and going <laughs> golfing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, there's uh yeah, I mean I've I've got so many hobbies and stuff. Obviously music and golf being the two biggest ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always tell people like there's no way you could put me in a box, you know, and like with neat corners because I would just like pop out everywhere of that box.
1: Yeah, no, I'm the exact same way and I've actually I want to say I've struggled with it as a golfer a little, bit. I don't know if you've had this problem. But like like you said a lot of golfers are very vanilla, very middle of the road, like you take off their hats they all look the same kind of thing. Being somebody that has so many different interests that kind of bounce all over the place, it's kind of hard to go like, oh, I'm gonna go hang out with a bunch of golfers because like I like golfing with them, but we don't have necessarily other things in common. You know what I mean? So it's like, oh, I go hang out at a metal show, but other than the metal music, I really don't maybe have a whole lot of things in common with them. You know what I mean? So it's kind of cool not being in a box, but it like makes doing something like this, like this podcast doing podcasts difficult because like I wanna do the golf thing but I would love to start a music channel as well. Like I've always wanted to do like the reaction videos and stuff like that. Um, But it's like, how do you do all of your, I I also want to start like a fitness page and nutrition page at the exact same time, but you got to have to like pick which one you want to ride for the time being, I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which one is going to take up the majority of, of your time. Mm -hmm. Um, It's funny. Someone I worked with said to me once we were playing like, would you rather? And they said, would you rather never work out again? or never play golf again. And everyone else was able to give their answers. I mean, just instantaneously, you know, like, would you rather have this or that? They'd be like, oh, this hundred percent. And like, I'm sitting there and they're going, okay, like, it's not that deep, dude. Like, I'm just asking you a question on the top of my head. I'm like, no, like, I'm, I'm not sure like gun to my head if I could make that decision because half of me was like no there's no way i could just play golf and like and not be fit and not be in shape hmm. but then the other half of me is like there's no way i could just lift and like never play golf so i still don't have an answer to that question
1: i don't either i was thinking about it while you were giving your answer i know because they both do so much for your mental health too yeah. I just i couldn't imagine giving up what i couldn't those are these are those are the two things i plan on doing to the day that i die I, as i, I want to be able to lift weights and play golf and you get strong to play golf because it's off season for me right now so i'm putting on weight i'm trying to get faster and stronger but i couldn't imagine not working out and playing golf like taking the john daly approach to it like, i don't think yeah. i can possibly do that
0: <laughs> yeah i like that good for the mental health although a lot of times golf it you know is not positively affecting my mental
1: health no, you're, you're you're absolutely right there no it can there's months where it gets really really dark but same could be with fitness i don't know if like uh, for me it's like i have goals i'm trying to get new prs and you're not getting there. Maybe your body's not responding. You start getting frustrated in the gym. You start getting a little, you start to, you know, negative self-talk starts to come in at the they gym. hit that bit. glass
0: ceiling almost. And then you just yeah. can't, can't break past it at times.
1: Yeah. So I think, I think, I mean, they're parallel. I, I think golf and fitness just go hand in hand. You shouldn't have to choose between
0: the two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that was a, a poor question. So if she's listening to that, it's like poor <laughs> question. Yeah. Uh, unfair question that, that you asked me there. Um, Let's circle back to the music uh, for me because you know honestly, aside from people that have been in bands and stuff, I don't really get to talk music much on this podcast. Mm-hmm. And I've gotten some really good reactions from people that have listened to it, like, "Hey man, I really like the direction that conversation went. And I never knew this, that, you know, or, or the other." Um, so let, let's talk about you real quick, kind of how you got into golf and and what was your kind of first foray into music, like. Can you remember the first album or the first CD that you ever bought or that you ever received as a gift?
1: So um, golf, I've been doing my whole life. I had a golf club in my hand before I even had memories. There's only has VHS tapes of me swinging plastic clubs when I could barely walk kind of thing. I've always had a golf club in my hand. Uh, My grandpa taught me how to play golf. Uh, My first word, my first sentence was actually back and through. (laughs) Swear to God. I swear to God. My first sentence was back and through. So I'm I'm a born and bred golfer. Um, and I've been doing my whole life, played high school golf a little bit in college. I just made bad choices in college and it just never panned out the way that it probably should have. I just wasn't mature enough at the time, much more mature now with my golf game and, uh, how I approach that. Um, music, this is almost embarrassing, but, uh, so I kind of, my music was regulated when I was a kid. So I couldn't listen to a lot of things I want to listen to I actually grew up on like, uh, like, R&B and, like, boy bands. It was, like, the only thing I could really okay. listen to was a little kid. But I would always get in the truck with my dad. And the, there's a radio station here. You've probably heard it. It's called KC95. Um, it was a classic rock station. And I'd get in the truck with my dad. And he would always ask me, like, so who sings this? So he was old school rock band. So I grew up on, like, more hair metal stuff. Like, Motley Crue, Guns N' Roses, Dokken. Okay. Uh, even stuff like Who and Iron Maiden. Like, uh, uh, Rolling Stones was huge in my house. Uh, Sting, U2. Um... So I got into rock because of my dad. And then I just kept getting more aggressive with the rock music. So actually, the first album I think I ever got that was a rock album to myself was Drowning Pole Sinner. Oh, okay. Okay. First one I ever got. And then um, after that, it was Linkin Park's Hybrid Theory. Those are my two first rock albums. I remember going to Walmart, and I couldn't believe my mom let me buy it because the album art has this guy's fist and has the word sinner like carved into his <laughs> and i'm like i couldn't i went after that album too because i thought there was no way i could get it she's like here oh, you can have it i was like and that just opened up the floodgates pretty much so um that was my introduction into it and i grew up a lot on uh like stained and corn and slipknot um all the staples back in the day then i got into high school and then this like screamo and emo and metalcore and deathcore and punk rock uh pop punk came out and punk hardcore punk and like, A Day to Remember, Stick to Your Guns. Like, I was all over the place. Basically, the moment I first got into rock music, like, I could not stop. Like, if it was heavy or if it had some form of aggression in it, I was, I was listening to it. So I was all over the now place. I, I,
0: <laughs> I will name drop here. I'm not too proud to do that. But Alex Shellnut from A Day to Remember is a listener of the podcast. He'll hear uh, that. He'll be very happy. So, Alex, there you go. You got a, you know, I another. Them. I saw them
1: with Motionless and White and bring me the horizon i'll never forget the day to remember show because they were uh jeremy got in a, the big gerbil ball and it was yes. like going all over the crowd yeah. it was yeah. it was they put on such a good show they are so much fun i love
0: best they best are show. uh fa- absolutely fantastic live we've seen them uh i think three times now as well as their acoustic tour which was oh. last winter um alex was nice enough to hook, hook the boys and i up with with tickets and Threw them drumsticks from the states, like the stupidest stuff, dude. Like it's you know, I should not live the life I lead. I, I tell you, it's uh is, Motionless and white. Up. What's up? Uh oh, I'm sorry. Motionless and white is actually from my area. They're from from Scranton, uh, about oh, cool. 35, 40 minutes from from where uh I live here. My son actually plays travel baseball up there. Uh oh, Chris cool. from Motionless is uh the lead singer. He's literally from, you know. From our region, which is, yeah. which is cool. Yeah. He, yeah.
1: And he's another example like, you ever seen an interview with him? He's like the sweetest guy. and He's a huge Swifty. He went to saw Taylor Swift on our era's tour. I think like three times, like while he was doing his tour, like, like it just kind of proves the whole metal scene. Like these guys aren't as scary as you think they are. They're big sweethearts.
0: Yeah. Well, I, it's, it's funny because like back, so you, you are obviously a little bit younger than me. And right. And I can tell just by dating saying, OK, I grew up listening to Linkin Park like I was listening like that was college for me and stuff. Right. Oh, wow. So what's what's crazy is back when I was growing up, you know, and people think this is nuts. But like Ozzy Osbourne back in the day, people thought he was the devil, like legit, mm-hmm. like you were you were Satanist if you listened to Ozzy Osbourne. Right. And you heard all the stories of fighting the heads off bats and, and this, that and the other. Right. And now you see a dude like Ozzy who I mean is like legit, probably the, to use your term, the sweetest grandfather in the Mm -hmm. world right now. And it's just, you know, it's, it's nuts to see how perceptions have changed towards that type of music. And maybe that's one of the reasons now why golf and that music kind of go hand in hand, you know, because perceptions have changed so much and golf becoming more mainstream, Mm -hmm. heavier Mm -hmm. music becoming a little bit more mainstream. Maybe they finally, hit that cultural divide where they started to meet.
1: I think I definitely agree. And I think it's helping now that a lot of these artists now are able to put out music independently and without the pressure of the label. So I feel like the labels kind of use bands and would dress them up a certain way and do certain things with them that were very inaccurate for who they probably, what they were trying to represent where now they can just really be themselves and do their own thing is starting to show people like, listen, like metal's not as scary and weird as everyone thinks it is. Um, and you're starting to see a lot more of it. You're starting to see like rappers collaborate with metal musicians. Like Spirit Box just did that collab with Megan D. Stallion, which is mm-hmm. super cool. Um, so you're starting to see everyone kind of leaning into rock a lot more. And I was joking with my wife about this the other day because people are doing like a new metals coming back and everything like that. And I told her, I can't wait for all these people to hop on it when it becomes a trend. Because, like all the bullying, all the people that made fun of me for all the music I listened to, you know, all of a sudden they're all gonna be like, "Oh, have you heard of this band? I'm gonna lose my mind over it because of-
0: <laughs> well, I, I tell my wife all the time, one of my biggest guilty pleasures in music is limp Biscuit. Like oh, I, I, I am prefer- I, I'm the oh. biggest like I'm the biggest mark for Fred Durst. Like I freaking love the dude. So my wife's in public health. and during the pandemic, they were playing somewhere i don't remember exactly where but i think they were in new york and fred durst was up on stage and just expunging on the values of 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 getting you know inoculated and vaccinated my wife was like who would have thought that we would live in a time when fred <laughs> durst could be the face of public health <laughs> yep
1: and he's he's a golfer too actually yeah uh, yeah but uh yeah no i'm a huge fan um Chocolate Starfish was a great album. That was such a fun album. Um, I loved their first album. What was this? Not Significant. Other no, $3 uh,
0: bill. $3 bill, y'all. $3 yeah. bill. was a gra- yeah, Actually, that yeah. album was
1: really good front to back. And most people yeah. don't listen to it because they know the more, the more popular stuff. But when they first came out, those first couple albums were really solid.
0: Oh, God. Yeah. that's. <laughs> uh, it's funny because I did a radio show in college. It was called Generic As It Gets. And it was all punk hardcore. We did a little industrial and then some ska music. Uh, as well. And like the early Limp Biscuit stuff made it on to our show. And my my buddy Larry, who I did it with, we were kind of really just just really hesitant <clears throat> to let anything that didn't sound like that genre of music on. So when they went more towards like you know the DJ Lethal route where his beat started to protrude more into the music, you know, they kind of fell out of favor, not with myself, but with the show. But We used to get, I I, want to say it was Interscope uh, or Epic that they were on, but we used to get stuff like promotional stuff for them all the time before they got big. Um, And I have like, in my crawl space, I've got, I mean, literally probably tens of thousands of CDs and a thousand of them are all promotional ones before these bands blew up that, you know, the record companies would send out to all these college radio stations to try to garner some airplay.
1: That's so cool. And it just shows you how much the music scene has changed completely. Cause that used to be how bands had to do it. They were just putting, putting things on blank CDs and handing them out to people like, listen, yeah. like, just hoping it gets in front of the right person at the right time kind of thing. And now everything, I mean, all you need is a laptop and you can record an album now. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, I'm, you know, I'm, I I, I,
0: yeah it's, it's absolutely insane. I think back, like, cause I grew up in like the New York hardcore scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, for me, you, you bring $20 to a show. I walked out with, like, you know, four demo tapes and a T-shirt. And it was, like, the greatest – and I saw nine bands play, you know? It was, like, the greatest night
1: ever. Yeah, now you can't even buy a T-shirt for that at a, at the merch shop for, for that at, at all. Like, $20 gets you nothing at, at for music anymore. Even the rock scene. rock scene's always, in my opinion, been more affordable than any other genre. But now, I mean, they're starting – there are shows in my area now that used to be like maybe 30 bucks. It it's like 60, 70, $80 now. Yeah. So I mean, good for them as long as the venues aren't ripping off the bands. But uh, yeah, no, it's changed a lot. Like, I don't know if you've heard the news about Ronnie Radke Falling in Reverse, what he just did at his latest show. He basically, at the end of the show, he ripped into, he, he didn't sell any merch at the show because the venue wanted like 25% of it. And he, at the end of the show, he basically blasted the venue. He's like I love the fans, I love the city, I love all this but this venue band stay away from this they're going to rip you off and da 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 I was like whoa like that was he's not afraid to be very blunt with the, I was just going
0: to say that they yeah.
1: So and I'm not against it either because rock musicians they don't get all the deals that like pop stars and everything like that get. It is much harder for them to make money than it is for someone like Taylor Swift. You know what I mean? You're not going to see yeah. a rock band in a commercial or at a football game getting praise. You know what I mean? So they need all that they can get. So I'm kind of I'm excited for the rock industry being independent and lashing out a little bit because they they work very hard and they definitely need to be compensated for fairly.
0: Yeah, you know, what's funny on on that point. I have noticed, though, some not really with the lyrics, but the rock music in some big time commercials. And one of my favorite ones, I want to say it's a Pantene commercial, but they use a transplants song. Which is uh, t- Tim Armstrong and uh, and Rob and Travis Barker. Um, mm-hmm. And there's someone else I can't remember in there. Yeah, but or, or Fructis. I think it's Fructis. That's what it is. And they use the a really? friggin' transplant song in their commercial. And it's like, I need great, to look uh, up commercial. Yeah. yeah, look up, look up like transplant song commercial. It's definitely a hair thing, I think. Now, I could be wrong, and it ends up being for like a car dealership or something like that. <laughs> but, like, almost positive. That is for like Fructis or Garnier or uh, something along those lines. I don't know. You know. That's
1: super cool. I think Travis Barker has a lot to do with it because he kind of went mainstream with the Kardashian thing, and that's brought a lot of attention to to like that punk scene, like Blink 182 coming back. That was like the most nostalgic album ever. If you did not oh, tear God, up yeah. once while listening to that album, you weren't a real thing. When they dropped that music video, uh, forgot for which song it was. When they're doing One all more the time. Uh, yeah. When they're yep. showing everything, what they're singing about. Like, if you didn't get emotional during that song, like I don't know what to tell you. Like, I showed it to my wife, I'm like, You're gonna cry. And she's like, yeah. No, I'm like, You're gonna cry. And she's like, Oh my god, I'm like, Yeah, it's weird because like we grew up with that, and now like, we're mid-30s and like Blink is still doing it, and they're all together again and touring and doing all this stuff after everything that band went through, between you know, the plane crash, cancer, Tom DeLonge, We thought he lost his mind, but he was right the whole time, apparently. Yep. <laughs> It's just super cool to have them all back together again making music, though.
0: Yeah, that was my wife's first concert ever in support of Cheshire Cat in 96. She saw them on Warp Tour.
1: That's cool. Good old yeah. Warp Tour. It always lands on the hottest day of the year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And actually, Blink um, was my boys. Blink and Date. How about this for a first concert ever? Both my sons, that first concert ever was Blink and A Day to Remember. Double, oh, double so Bill.
1: Cool. What was your yeah. first concert ever?
0: Uh, my first concert ever was Metallica, Danzig, and Suicidal Tendencies. I was thirteen years old.
1: That would have been awesome. So mine's yeah. really embarrassing. Mine was In Sync.
0: <laughs> no joke. And you've definitely, you've definitely had the glow up in in musical taste since In Sync.
1: No, oh, now I will say this: if In Sync did a reunion tour, I would absolutely go.
0: <laughs> is it, oh, is it Backstreet Boys that's doing one? I saw. I think Backstreet
1: Boys have been doing it for years now. They've okay. Been doing all it was like the original, like, boy band feud. Which one do you like better? And I just liked NSYNC better. So gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. yeah my mom took me and my grade school girlfriend to the concert.
0: That's that's awesome. That's hilarious. It's yeah. a great story. That's a great story.
1: So cringy, though. Like, I think about it I, way too much. Let's put it that way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, uh, NSYNC left an emotional mark on your life there.
1: Oh, yeah. I had the posters everything. It was rude. It, it was bad. It's so <laughs> weird that I used to be, like, the biggest NSYNC fan, and now, like, my room is like lined up with like creepy gothic art and like metal bands and so like i did a total 180
0: well look i mean justin timberlake is an enormous golfer too i mean he owns a course in tennessee
1: yeah he's a good golfer too he's a really yeah,
0: very golfer. good golfer and, him and good.
1: tiger are just trying to start a place in yes, in
0: city. the city yeah new york As city Andrews, yeah. i think yeah well they've got yeah there's one in the city right now and i think you're right there's one going over in the uk
1: The one they're they're pushing back in the one at St. Andrews because they're afraid. They don't, I don't know if you've ever, I've gone to, I've I've played St. Andrews. I've done the whole uh, St. Andrews golf. Yeah, no, I have not. Uh, Old town St. Andrews is very much like an old town. Like it's very not modern, let's put it that way. And uh, I think they're afraid of trying to, what they're going to bring in with it. They're trying to keep it, keep the class there. So I understand it because I wouldn't, wouldn't, I wouldn't change a thing about that town. It was, it was amazing. (laughs) The people were so great. you can walk everywhere. Like, I don't change a thing about that town.
0: <laughs> now, uh, when you played that, was that something where you had to get in line for a ticket, or did you do it based on one of those companies that books a tea time for you?
1: So, we had tea times all over Scotland, except for St. Andrews, because you had to like book it a, a year plus in advance or something like that mm-hmm. at the time. And maybe even mm-hmm. still so. And uh, we got done playing, we played 36 every single day. So what we did is we played 36 the day before. Then we got up like crack of dawn. It was like three or four in the morning. We sat in line, got in, but our tee time, they're like, when we're ready to call you, you better be ready. So we actually went and played 18 holes waiting for the call. Then we got the call. Then we came back and then we played 18 holes. We are the last group out at St. Andrews. So we were coming in as the sun was coming down.
0: Oh, wow. So I'm assuming that's during the summertime you went? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Okay. And just out of curiosity, like how many people were ahead of you in line when you got there at that time?
1: Oh gosh, there was at least 20 to 30 people. Oh, geez. Yeah, we, we we were in line going, I don't think we're gonna get in. Like well, we barely like I said, we were the last group, we barely got in. And that was the only time slot that we had that we could have fit into play St. Andrews too. So if it wow. didn't happen that day, it wasn't gonna happen for us. So
0: and now, what did that cost St. Andrews to play? Is that one of those ones that's semi reasonable? It's like two hundred or so, or?
1: Um, it's expensive. Um, I want to say it was like I can't remember now. I want to say it was maybe three fifty.
0: Uh, I see. I think that's fair. I think oh, it's yeah. fair. For, yeah, well, you know? I've, said this,
1: I've said this a million times, and and I'm not bashing golf courses here in the states when I say this, but you know, I have local courses around here that you go and play. They pay like eighty five dollars or a hundred dollars for a round of golf. And I'm like, yeah. who do you think you are? Because I've yeah. I mean I've played in ireland scotland and portugal and i played major championship courses Ryder cup courses and you're paying maybe more than what you're paying here but like not you would think it would be like oh seven hundred dollars around kind of thing it's actually relatively affordable considering the quality of golf that you're getting then you come back here and you're paying 85 bucks for a course that doesn't can't even host an amateur event you're just like this is garbage <laughs> this is so unfair <laughs>
0: Yeah, the, the pricing structure in the US is just you know, I, I say it's something that needs to be looked at, but it's never going to because these courses, especially now since the pandemic, are just making money hand over fist. So it, it's unfortunate. And a lot of times, like during the pandemic, people are like, nah, just just wait it out, dude. Like just chill. You're getting overhyped over these things. It's gonna go back. Like nothing ever reverts back in price, ever. That never yeah. happens. Everything once it's up there, it's up there. My dad has
1: a saying, it's nothing will be as cheap as it is right now. It it always gets more expensive, and they're booking tea times. The prices aren't going to go down at all. T sheets are always fully booked around here. They could charge more if they wanted to, and people would still pay it. It's just pandemic. I mean, it was an awful thing, but what it did for golf, it blew it up because it's the one thing that people could do, still go out and do. So, people, a lot of people picked up the game because of COVID.
0: Yeah, I, I, just, I remember like everybody and their mother started a podcast during COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's funny because we had this we, – we, I started this in 2019. Um, our COVID year was, was nuts. We were actually at – we were doing media at the Players Championship the night when they said, hey, the next round is going to be players and media only, no fans. And we got a text from the PGA Tour about 1130 at night. And said it is completely canceled. The season will be completely canceled. Like, get on a plane, go home. I got the last flight out of Jacksonville into Philly. I was with my buddy Derek from California. He got like the last one out into LA. It was it was insane. And then everyone started a podcast, right? Now all those podcasts live in the ether, and then no one does them anymore, you know, because they had to go back to their their regular lives. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was absolutely crazy for golf. It was nuts.
1: Yeah, no, I worked for a company called Curated um, and I came on right after the pandemic and they were telling us because it's an online fitting service. So basically people hop online and it's like going to Amazon, but you get to talk to a real person uh, with golf equipment. Um, You get a two week buy and try with it as long as it's stock option kind of thing too. So you can get the clubs, you don't like them, you can send it back full refund. But uh, they were popping, like they they took off during COVID. I'm not going to say the company wouldn't be as big as it is now it wasn't for that but, but but because of the pandemic and people not being able to go to the store and do things or get fit for golf equipment they just absolutely tore yeah. up they were making money hand over fist
0: that's 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 pretty cool actually i mean it, how how do they work like those measurements and everything
1: so it's uh we do like static uh static fittings where it's like wrist to floor and everything like that mm-hmm. but um it's cool because so they hire golf we're called golf experts and i'm very fortunate to work with a lot of guys that have a lot of good information and i've been playing golf long enough now where i I know if you hit the ball on the heel all the time that the clubs are, you know, it should be um, a little bit shorter for you. If you're hitting all the toe all the time, maybe, you know, there's ways of asking people about where they're hitting the ball and stuff like that, where you can figure it out. And most people I think it's like something like 85% of golfers are actually in like just stock golf clubs. Not many people need length over or length under kind of thing. And for lie angle, I tell everybody for most always go get a check at a pro shop. Anyways, um, find a good club, uh, club worker, and uh, always get your lie angles done there. Manufacturers are good about it, but things slip through the cracks with them sometimes. So sure. if you're going to get lie angles and stuff like that done, um, take it to a pro shop. They'll make sure it's right. and they'll, I'm not going to say they'll do a better job, but that's at least even me and I get all my clubs spec'd out. I'm very specific with my lie angles and everything like that. I always still get them double checked by somebody else.
0: Yeah. And those change over time too. You oh, know? yeah. 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 Then,
1: the clubs will bend back and everything like that too. I mean – winter time is the perfect time to take your clubs and have them looked at and make sure they're where they need to be kind of thing.
0: Yeah. I think a lot of people don't realize that, you know, especially like uh, w- you, you're in M- Missouri, right? Yeah. Okay. So you've got winners kind of like me in Northeast PA where, you know, we'll go two, three months where the course is covered with snow. We can't go outside and play everything's mm-hmm. similarly gone off or we're hitting inside bays or, or whatnot. Uh, yeah. That's a, that's a great advice, you know, get those checked. It's like, yeah. you know, it's like getting your oil checked in your car or getting your tires yeah. checked before winter hits.
1: Yeah, there is maintenance with golf clubs, believe it or not. And I think people overlook it a lot, like clean your grips. And like one of my biggest pet peeves, I see people do this in the golf course. So they hit a wedge shot and they go, oh, it didn't spin. I'm like, did you wipe off your grooves before you hit that shot? It drives me nuts. My dad, my dad almost does it to spite me at this point, I think. Because like you need to, there's things you need to do for your golf clubs to make sure that they're still performing the same. This would make the pros so good. They're, they take all the variables out. You know what I mean? If you're taking the game seriously or trying to improve, having that little piece of dirt on your club face is going to make a big difference. So if you're not cleaning your grooves or cleaning your grips or checking your lie angles, like you could be putting a good swing on it every time and not getting the results you want just because you're not doing those things.
0: Yeah. My youngest son is notorious for having like caked on dirt and, and I'm like, dude, come on. Or he'll yeah. rub it off with the brush, but there's still all those remnants. Now my oldest son who, you know, is, is very good at being recruited for college is like, you know, he's meticulous with it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. As you would expect that to be. I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. I spit on my club head and then wipe it off. I throw it in the bag. You know, I'm good.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, there's a lot of things too. Like, even with like changing golf balls, like I, for some people, this is, that's kind of a luxury. And I understand, I'm very fortunate where I get I get a lot of free stuff, uh, free golf balls. But, um, you know, they did a study where they were rolling a used golf ball compared to a new golf ball. Yes, like, well, I've seen that. You saw it? Yes, yes. Used golf ball kept, would not roll out as much. You know what I mean? So it just shows you, like, you could be putting a good roll on it, but since you're using a golf ball that's beat to death, you're not making putts. But if you're using a new golf ball, then – I think that's also why a lot of people, though, that you'll always see them, like, they'll, like, have the golf ball they use on the green. You know, yeah. It, you those, yeah. It drives
0: me, drives me crazy, but – That's like the 30 handicap guy. Always has it. Like, oh, I'm going to hit this ball in the water hole because it mm-hmm. might it might get wet. Yeah, exactly. I'm just like, come
1: on, man. Like, just get better. <laughs>
0: Oh my God. I love that. I love that. You know, it's funny. Cause like hand in the air, like I'm guilty. Like we just got back from Pinehurst and I played um, the first ball before I lost. it. I think I played 58 holes with, without losing it, dude, this, it, it had sap on it, it hit a tree, <laughs> it hit a car path. I mean, part, it was a, a vice ball. So part of the green was like rubbed off on one side. Like it would, <laughs> it looked awful. And my son's like, dude, dad, like, what are you doing? Just you got plenty of golf balls, man. Like, switch it. I'm like, nope, I'm playing this till I lose it. And then and eventually I lost it. But, you know. See,
1: though, know, but when you go 18 holes without losing a ball, there, there is a thing where you're like, how long can I ride this out? Like, yeah. how, how, long, how long can I play this golf ball before I lose it? And then you start, it's almost – you start taking on different shots, right? You usually hit driver. you're like, I don't want to lose this golf ball. I'm going iron off the tee this time. <laughs> I don't want to lose the ball. You actually kind of sometimes better. Sometimes that works out even better for you, you know? Yeah. You're actually starting to play better because you're protecting the golf ball. It's a weird – backwards hack kind of thing <laughs> yeah
0: it's a stupid like two dollar and 50 cent ball it's uh yep. it's insane what the mind will do in this game uh where, where do you play in and around missouri i've been out a few times i'm an enormous st louis cardinals fan so awesome. usually once a summer we go out to bush stadium for a homestand um now i've played outside of brands at like top of the rock mountaintop mm-hmm. um ozark national i think the name of the other one is yeah. there and then something else. But that that's the only place in Missouri that I've played. So um, I have a couple courses that are, like, right around the corner from my
1: house that I go to. One is called The Falls. The other one is Links at Dardeen. Um, neither one of them are really difficult courses. Like, they're just really, really close. Um, the Falls is actually host- hosting an amateur series event uh, this spring. So I'm going to be playing that course a lot, um, hopefully throughout the winter, when I can sneak rounds in just because I want to play in the event. And I just want to play that course to death. So I'm I'm comfortable on it. Cause there's a couple of tee shots on that course that I absolutely loathe. Like just mm. do not set up well for me at all. My favorite courses are actually both in Illinois. So in St. I'm in the St. Like, you know, St. Louis. Um, I yes, actually sure. grew up in southern Illinois. I just moved okay. to Missouri for tax purposes because just more affordable <laughs> out here. Gas is significantly cheaper. But um, there's a golf course called Ambrier where I was a member at when I was in high school. It's a public course, it's a link style course. I love the course because there's no houses on it. The owners will not allow anybody to build on it. And I'm a big fan oh. of that. Um, I don't That's like awesome. houses on courses. Um, it's been ranked like the number one public course in Illinois for I don't know how many years. It's just a fantastic course. It's always in great shape. It used to be tougher. The rough out there used to be brutal. But for pace of play reasons, they've kind of taken it back a little bit. Other than that, there's a golf course in Alton. Do you know where Edwardsville is by chance? Edwardsville um...
0: I'm going to, I'm going to say no. Although if I look at it on a map and I see it, like maybe the only other course I was going to tell you, I know out there is gateway national.
1: Yeah. I was going to touch on that one next. Actually, okay. yeah, I played there uh, earlier this year. Um, but there's a course called Spencer T. Olin. It's a Palmer course. I love Palmer courses in general, but I have, this course to me, I can go through every hole in my head and it shouldn't be that difficult of a course. I can go out there and shoot 34 on the front, but something always happens to me on that course where I cannot put up a good round. I don't know why. It had the course is out to get me. I, I have no idea. It's infuriating to me. I've I think the lowest score I've ever posted out there was a 75 and I was mad about it. It was just, yeah. it's just one of those courses that always gets me, but it's always in great shape and it's super affordable. Like they always have great deals out there. And that's another reason why I appreciate the course. I nice. love gateway, but it is kind of expensive to play is that of course you can play on a regular basis kind of thing. Um, but I love the layout. I love the course. I love that. It doesn't go back to the clubhouse i've always liked courses that are like that like you're getting further and further away from the clubhouse and you work away back kind of thing yeah. um this is traditional link style golf kind of thing um and i prefer link over parkland anyways but um gateway is another great course as well but spencer teen and briar would be my favorites uh, we have bell reeve out here i still have never played it uh which okay. drives me crazy i i no, know is that people private be- or public oh that's private that's where okay, they have that's my thought yeah pga championship at and uh yeah. I know people out there, I just, I've never gotten out there. Just I, My schedule's never lined up to be able to go out there. And there's a private course that, right down the road for me called Lake Forest that's really, really, really nice. Like, fast green's nice. I, it's, it's hard to find really challenging courses around here, I feel like. That is definitely one of them.
0: <laughs> now, I, I know that Gateway National is all bent grass, and that's mm-hmm. kind of like their big thing. Um, are the courses by you, are they normally Bermuda? Uh, you can see a lot of, or reme- were they zoysia? you see a lot of zoysia. Okay. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say, cause when yeah. I played at, I think, uh, the one outside of Branson, I think it was the Ozark one or Buffalo Ridge. That's what it was. Buffalo Ridge Springs. That one was all zoysia. That's the first course I ever played that had zoysia grass. And I just fell in love with like the way the ball sits up on the fairway. Like mm-hmm. it's insane. It's like playing off a of Astro turf.
1: Yeah. No, the course I grew up on was a little nine hole course called Elmwood it's there's not a single flat lie out there, so I grew, I grew up naturally just being able to hit off of anything. But um, fairways are always there, it sits up perfectly, it's absolutely beautiful. Greens are like shag carpets, they're terrible, but
0: fairways are absolutely <laughs> I'm <used> to that. <laughs> Yeah, we got a nine holeer out here called Indian Mountain, and uh, you know, it's it, there's no USGA rating whatsoever. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, the guy owns it, it's been in the community for uh, forever, I think 19. 1929 or something like that Mm -hmm. Um, stills never got a rating or anything like that. And they just finally started putting money into it. It's where our high school team plays as well. So it's our home course for that. Um, And it's, it's crazy because you know, it's like you said, it's one of those courses. Like you can go through and be like, Oh my God, I should be able to shoot 30. Like I should be able to shoot six under par like that. You can get sideways so quickly Mm -hmm. on some of these little quirky courses. If you don't know the place.
1: Elmwood has a hole, hole number four woods lining down the left side. And you can, and there's wood lining down the left, and it goes out of bounds, goes up on the right about 250-ish, and it got to the point where I'm just like, I'm bailing right. I got so tired (laughs) of my round getting ruined by that hole that I would aim at the right, the next fairway. I go, I just need to make sure I clear it. I remember being a kid because I couldn't hit it. I didn't start hitting the ball long until the last few years, but my goal was like, I need to get it out there at least 250, clear those trees. I'll deal with it after that. But there's some holes out there that just will, if you. You keep snap hooking it in the trees. Guess what? You just went from, oh, I'm going to shoot 36, 35 to uh, 42 very fast.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And I've shot 45s out there and I've shot 31s out there. I just, I have no idea, no idea what's going to happen when I'm out there half the
0: time. Yeah, that's golf. I mean, you know, that's golf. Um, You've been talking a lot about the PGA show next year. And I want to kind of pick your brain on that. Um, You know, I know you're going to that. It's something I've never been to. It always looks interesting. Um, I'm definitely a little bit of an introvert, you know, and sure. something like that. I just look at I'm like, man, there's so many freaking people. I don't want to be around that many people, you know, it's a lot. Um, it is, it's insane, but I'm just kind of curious to pick your brain on, you know, what your thoughts are about going there. What do you want to get out of it? What do you plan on seeing? What do you plan on doing there?
1: So I love the demo day. Um, I love hitting new golf clubs It's another benefit of the company that I work for is they send me golf clubs to hit and I do some content for them. Um, I will be hitting absolutely every golf club there. So that's the number one thing I'm most excited about. I will be filming a lot of content there, but there's so many cool people there. Like Martin Borgmeier was there last year. Roger Steele was there. Um, the DOD King is going to be there this year. So there's a lot of golf influencers there. Um, it's just a good time. It is, it's. I'm uh, like I'm a trained extrovert is what I like to try to call myself because I, I wait tables as well. So I'm very good with people. But when like in my spare time, like you'll find me at home doing my own thing uh i just i would i, I people enough let's put it that way um yes. but it gets a little claustrophobic there but um what i'm trying to get out of is one hitting everything and learning the technology um just because i am a fitter and i like to stay up to date with what everything that's coming out two um there's the exhibition day which i'm only going to go one day this year because you don't need two days in my opinion unless you're working it and you're doing things there where you could just see like all the new simulator equipment coming out So you get to go check out like what Full Swing is doing and all this uh, like uh, Rapsoda will be there and uh, different apparel brands and uh, swing aids and all this stuff like everybody is there. So you see a lot of cool stuff there, everything from energy drinks to coffee to, like I said, swing aids to simulators, you see some wild stuff there. So it's always just something interesting to kind of pick and see there. I'm just looking forward to meeting a bunch of people because I talk to a lot of these people via social media, but yeah. I don't actually get to meet with them and talk to them. So I'm looking forward to actually shaking some hands, like putting faces to names, uh, sure. shooting some sure. content sure. Sure. and all of that stuff, too. So it's a good time. It's a, I mean, if you like to party and I like to have a good time, um, it is it's a party, man. <laughs> <Everybody>, <laughs> because everyone that's in Orlando, they're all golfers. So everywhere you go, it's just golfers. So, you know who you're running into kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Is there a lot of golf being played out there or is it mostly just centered around the show itself and showing off their wares?
1: So for me personally, I will be playing golf when I'm there partially because I'm in Missouri and it's hard to play golf right now because short days and it's cold and I'll be in Orlando. So I'm absolutely playing golf. So I'm going up there a day or so early. I'm playing golf one day, going to the show, the next, doing half the show the next day, playing golf that afternoon, than going to pop stroke that night, which is so much fun. I don't know if you've ever been to a pop stroke yet. It is. No, so
0: I mean, I've seen it on Instagram and all that stuff, it's but so never cool. played myself there. It's funny because maybe I'm
1: looking too into it, but you can tell tiger designed it because some of these, like these, these putt putt holes look super straightforward, but they're not, there's like three or four different ways to get the ball in the hole. Like you can go up on the Hill and ride it back and go right at it. Mm-hmm. Like there's, you can tell tiger designed it. It's, it's really, it's really, really cool. But, uh, and then I'm going to play in golf the next day after that. Then I leave the following day. So my goal is to play at least three rounds of 18 while I'm out there.
0: Nice. That's, that's yes, fantastic. I mean, yeah, especially in the dead of winter, that's, uh, that's a, that's a great thing to have at your disposal.
1: Oh yeah. And then in uh,
0: February, my
1: company hosts a summit where the top 80 experts get to go to. So we're actually partners with all of these people like Callaway, Ty- Tyler's TaylorMade. Um, They all will show up and they're going to be hosting us at talking stick in Arizona where we actually get to sit there and actually it's so the PGA show is very busy. You don't actually get to have the conversations about the tech because yeah. they're talking to a million different people. But there we're actually gonna get like one-on-one time with all these brands and all these reps, and I'd be going over all the new clubs and what they're doing and what's different this year and all that other stuff. So I'll be doing that in Arizona. And I usually go down there for about a week and I play uh and my dad goes with me, and we'll do 36 a day, like three or four days in a row before the show and or before the summit. And then I'll do 18 holes at the summit. And then we just pound golf balls for two or three days straight. And then we <laughs> go to golf one
0: night too. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> a lot of fun, dude. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Um, I, I want you, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about kind of like the foundation of the goat farm, because that's literally one, I, I believe the way that I kind of found you. So we call our course the goat track, right? Because Mm-hmm. It's usually in such poor shape, but then you know we spin it and say, "Well, it is the goat, like the greatest of all time tracks." Right. And it has kind of that you know uh, double meaning, if you will. And like my son all the time tells people, "It's like, oh, I play Indy Mountain Country Club." They're like, "Oh, wow, where's where's <laughs> that?" Like I'm a member of Marion and you know Oakmont and and Philly Cricket Club. Like, ah, oh, well, it's a small little course. You probably it's real private. You probably wouldn't have heard it. <laughs> But then you, you come out, you know, with, with the goat farm. So what was the antithesis of that? Where did that start up?
1: So my nickname has always been goat, but not for a good reason. So I remember being a little kid. I had been all oh, maybe 10 years old, maybe even younger than that. I used to be a terrible putter and I had like a four foot putt to win a match. It was me and my grandpa versus two other guys. And My grandpa looked at me being on my team. You should have supported me, but he just not how, <laughs> not how it went down. And there's an old expression, you can be the hero or the goat. Needless to say, I miss the putt. So <laughs> I had a million nicknames as a kid, but goat boy stuck. I'm still goat boy to all of my dad's friends. Nobody ever calls me Patrick or PJR. It is goat. And I <laughs> hate the name because it just reminded me of that putt that I miss. And it's still, I still think about it. Yeah. And then I was too young to realize goat was an acronym for greatest of all time. Which, I, which, it,
0: honestly, that's only something over like the last 15, 20 years. Like, just so yeah. people know, like, I'm old <laughs> enough to know that, like, no one was ever called that before. See, yeah, I didn't know
1: that it was that it stood for that until I was later on in life. Then I started to spin it in a positive way. The Goat Farm came from, I want to say, my team lead at Curated, because I'm Mr. Motivation. Uh, I like to hype people up. I'm very, I try to support everybody. Um, that's actually something I, I'm going to actually have to take a, step back from on Instagram a little bit because I have just too many brand partnerships. I can't, I can't, I can't do everything for everyone kind of thing. So, uh,
0: Very powerful to say no.
1: Yeah. So I need to learn to to start saying no. And actually my goal in the next year, social media wise, which we'll get to this later is to actually solidify like one partnership with a a apparel company kind of thing. Cause I'm, I love helping these people out, but like I, I, I'm struggling to do, I have like eight brands of different brands of shirts and there's seven days in a week. I can't, (laughs) you know what I mean? But, um, I'm you know I kind of have like this cult of positivity of people that follow me because they like my positivity and my motivation inspirational whatever you want to call it so my boss started calling it the goat farm and it just stuck and I just kind of stole the idea from him and I just started people that followed me I started calling them hey you're a member of the goat farm now so it it just stuck and I thought it was super cool because now I have people reaching out to me going like hey I like your goat farm thing like what do you think I should call my followers so it's kind of picking up some like a trend here where everybody's like trying to name their followers now and create their own group of people. So I won't get the credit for it in 20 years, but I'll know what I did.
0: Nice. Yeah, I like that. I like that. And 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 going back, yeah, like saying no to people is is super, super difficult, right? At times, uh, but just super empowering. We work with two brands, Swanee's and Gashouse Golf. Shout out to both of them. You hear the ads at the end of the podcast. Um but that's it you know, that's it. And I've gotten a lot of, uh, items Mm -hmm. in the mail. Let's say that a lot of items in the mail, um, that people would be like, Hey, we'd love if you could support that. And I'm just, you know, I said, Hey, it's like, it's not bad. Like it really isn't bad. Mm -hmm. Um, she's not my style. And unfortunately, you know, I'm in, I'm in bed with, with two others there's not enough room in this bed for one more you know yeah see for me i,
1: I love getting the free apparel um and it was cool because i'm trying to break away from super big brand names because there's so many good small brands out there up and coming yeah. brands. even Swannies, even though they are a big brand i they're, there's there i wouldn't say they're like nike kind of thing there's right 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 i think this should be being lifted up right now and i think there's almost not a monopoly but like you know a handful of brands seem to own everything and yeah. i was able to get rid of all of my name brand shirts for all these small Instagram brands, which I thought was absolutely cool. So I'm I'm very proud of that, but I'm at the point now where I'm like, I would really like to just have one brand partnership with an apparel company just because it simplifies my content too. And I wanna start having a little bit more loyalty to one person instead of one day I'm posting for this brand, one day I'm posting for this brand. I would much rather focus on playing golf and doing my thing opposed to like trying to plug as many brands into my content as possible.
0: Oh, yeah, that's, uh, I mean, amen to that. It's so much easier um, to streamline yourself.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I you don't know? have that ability right now. It's, it's, it gets a little stressful because I, I have a couple of brands now that I'm I'm sitting on. I'm like, I just haven't been able to film content. Well, it's cold and short days, and I work a lot, and it's just one of the things, like, I, I'm sorry I haven't posted something for you guys. I just, I can't, there's, a, there's a laundry list of things I'm supposed to be doing right now.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, talk to me a little bit then about the social media plans for 2024, because, you know, we've talked off air about how mm-hmm. you're looking to really kind of up that game. And 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 just to, to preface that, I, I don't think I know people don't understand how labor intensive social media is mm-hmm. because they see a quick 15 minute video or they see a post once a day or something like that. But unfortunately, there's a lot of planning that. That goes behind some of that stuff. Now I'll be completely, you know, upfront and honest. And my brands that support us know this and the the followers know this. And I think they they like it is, you know, none of my stuff is curated, right? It is just, it is what it is. There's no editing. There's no editing to this video. There's no editing to the sound. There's no editing to the podcast. Nothing gets cut out. You know, it's warts and all type deal. Um, but you see some, and look, I mean, I'm I'm super impressed by some of these people out here that can craft a 30 second video that looks like it's shot by NBC. You know, Mm, I just don't have that ability. So talk to me a little bit about where your social media presence is heading into the new year. So my
1: number one goal for next year. So I have the Parnon podcast I'm doing right now, and actually we're gonna be recording a new episode tonight. And then I'm starting a new podcast with two other guys the week after Christmas. We start recording, gonna start dropping episodes in 2024. So I'm going to be doing two podcasts, which sounds like a lot, but they're kind of different formats. And I don't think it's going to be as bad as it sounds. And plus, one's on Saturday, one's on Sunday kind of thing, so I can split it up. And during the winter, it's perfect because it's hard for me to get out anyway. So um, social media-wise, I'm looking to really find, like I said, partnerships with one person or a couple different brands. Like, I'm a Callaway guy. I have a small partnership with them where I play their clubs exclusively. Um, I still demo everything, and I still – We'll test everything, uh, but I will play Callaway clubs. Plus, I just I'm a Callaway guy. I, I prefer their clubs. Um, my goal is to get in front of as many people as possible. I would I really want to do some of these competitive matches that you see on Instagram, where you see people going nine hole battles. I want to do that. I just don't have anybody around me, so I'm hoping when I'm traveling that I can book some like backlog some content and do that kind of thing. Um, my goal is just to get in front of as many people as possible. I want to do more whole vlogs. And I want to really start going back to the metal thing a lot. I kind of got away from it just to kind of pick up some traction with social media because uh, playing deathcore in your backswing isn't the most appealing thing when you're scrolling through, <laughs> through Instagram probably. So I had to well, kind I of it. I had to reel people in a little bit. Um, but yeah, no, I was just trying to get in front of as many people as possible. And you're right. it is. I used to be the first person to criticize influencers. It is not, it is, it is time consuming. If you want to do it the correct way and get good at it, is time consuming. It's knowing what colors to use and where to, what captions to use and how to do calls to actions. And it's not easy posting videos and trying to build a page. It's, it's not an easy thing. And you almost have to start a community, which is why I did the Goat Farm thing and why my page has started to grow. Is because I have all of these people, like I'll spend an hour, and I, I hate to say this out loud, I'll spend at least an hour on social media, liking stuff, commenting stuff, sharing stuff, messaging people, and taking care of my network of people just so that my page does well and everyone else's page does well you know what i mean it's 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 kind of time consuming and i don't like being in front of a screen that long but it's i mean in order to do it it is it is a lot more labor intensive than people think it is and also filming your round of golf like you're kind of turning into that guy that carries a stick around with them and puts it in the ground and i know how that looks but it, it just kind of is what it is kind of thing
0: yeah i got i got to the point where I used to do like, you know, sometimes I'd record a hole or, you know, three, four or whatever. If I'm doing a match with somebody, you know, you record a few shots here and there. Um, But one of the things I found, like as much as I loved it, as much as I love the feedback from people, I had to just cut it out because Mm -hmm. it was taken away from my enjoyment when I was playing golf. Right. And then golf became a job and I never wanted golf to become a job like you hear that old saying. When you work in the golf industry, you don't play much golf because you're so busy mm-hmm. doing golf, but you're not playing. And I always wanted this to lead towards playing golf.
1: Yes. And that's actually the reason why I've never become a teaching pro. And I've thought about getting my card or working at a golf course because everyone always asks me like, well, why don't you go do this? I'm like, you ask any of them. They don't get to play golf. And I, I'm personally, when it comes to golf, I, the number one thing I love the most is I love competing. I loved playing amateur golf. Um, before I had kids, I was doing it. And then right when I was getting ready to get back into it, my wife got pregnant again. So that put it back another couple of years. So I'm hoping this spring will be the year that I start going back to amateur events. Um, I love playing golf and I love competing. That's my number one thing. Uh, I would give up the content and everything in a heartbeat if I knew I could compete full time. So it's just the content thing came for me. It's like, well, I love golf and I'm not competing. Well, maybe I can do something with this. And last year I was able to go to the Callaway launch event and I had no Instagram page as of. I mean, I think I maybe started it this time last year. I've only had my page for about a year now. And it, I'm very grateful for what my uh, for how much my page has grown kind of thing. But I only started the social media thing because I was working with all these brands and I was doing all this cool stuff. And I thought I'd share it with people because I wasn't competing. So I am kind of concerned when I start getting back into competitive golf, what that's going to do to my content. But I'll cross that bridge when I come to it kind of thing. But um, yeah. um, I hit golf balls in my garage every night so I can turn that into content too. I post it in my stories and I just want to – Break down the walls a little bit with golf because I don't look like a golfer. I'm covered in tattoos, long hair, I have gauges. I listen to obnoxiously heavy music. I want people to see that and just go, well, anybody can play golf. You know what I mean? Because when I tell people I play golf, they don't believe me. They're like, really? Like, yeah. are you any good? And I'm just like, actually, I, I I'm <laughs> actually, I hate saying I'm good because I sound like the guy's like, oh yeah, I'm good, but like, I'm, I'm actually a good golfer, and they're like they look at the you can see like you can see them processing the information they're looking at me then trying to put me as a golfer in their head at the same time it doesn't compute so I would really like to start breaking down that wall a little bit and doing the metal stuff with golf and showing anybody everybody can play this game tattoos or not like it's no longer the game that it used to be and uh live golf is actually kind of helping with that a little bit which I kind of h- hate to say that out loud a little bit but Golf is changing for the better, I think. And I think we need to get more people into it. We need to get more metalheads into the scene. We need, it needs more diversity from the personality perspective. We need more eccentric people out there. Like even people on the tour, like watching the, the interviews with the pros, it gets very, I watch it because I love the information, but it's very dry to watch these guys talk. Golf needs more personality on tour and just in general, in the presence of golf. You know what I mean? It just doesn't have it in my opinion.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, look, I mean, if 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 you've got a hundred sheep out in the field and they're all white sheep, right? Like nothing stands out. But mm-hmm. if you've got, you know, a donkey amongst those sheep, like you're like, damn, look at that donkey. Yeah, it's completely different. <laughs> yeah, things things that are different. That's what people remember. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you yeah. know, it, it's funny. I've I've people ask me all the time. They're like, well, do you ever get any pushback on the courses, like in the summertime when you're wearing? full sleeves. My legs are done, you know? And I said, you know, I I don't because like I am, I'm a staunch supporter of kind of the old guard in the game while still realizing that it needs to be fresh and new. So I kind of like straddle that line. And one of the things that I get a lot from people is when they see me and they see me dress nicely and they see the way, you know, I behave on the course, the way my boys behave and, and the way that we play. I get a lot of like the old guys will come up to me like, hey, you know, I got a tattoo as well. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Awesome. I'm like, hey, that's cool. And they're like, yeah, yeah, I got it in college. You can't see it, it's on my shoulder, you know, but it's like that <laughs> little bond that you have with that person, and they yeah. think like, well, I'm I'm badass too. Like, yeah, yeah, I saw a guy all tattooed up, but honey, I'm badass too because I got that one on my on my ankle, right? <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, it's just being people less self conscious about it too, and I think that's the cool thing about being you know, having tattoos and stuff like that is the people of the generations before me that had them, that I like have them hidden, they're starting to go, oh, I don't have to hide it because everyone used to be like, oh, are you going to regret those? You're going to regret those when you're older. I'm like, dude, if I'm 80 years old and the, my biggest concern is the tattoos I have, I am <laughs> winning. All right. If, I, if I'm perfectly healthy and I have no drama or no issues in my life, like, man, my tattoos, like, I don't think they realize like how fortunate of a person you have to be to have that as your problem. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, I love it. Another thing I like about it too, is just being a, from a competitor perspective is I'm so underestimated on a golf course.
0: Oh people, God. Yeah.
1: People see me walk up long hair, all this stuff. I have metal music in my cart. They're just like this freaking guy. And then I go up there and hit a golf ball. They're like, what just happened? Kind of thing. So it kind of, I can't, I'm able to put people on their heels a little bit because of it too. So that's, the, yeah, I love the that. I love me.
0: I absolutely love breaking perceptions of people. Mm -hmm. Like I get, it's one of my favorite things in the world is is breaking stereotypes.
1: Yeah, no, it's almost a deliberate goal of mine. When I started getting tattoos, it was like I really just want to prove everybody wrong because there's always the stereotypes behind these things. Like it's it's literally ink on skin. It doesn't change your personality. It doesn't change anything about you. Like I really want to show people like you can be successful. You can be a good golfer. You can be all those things and be covered in tattoos. It's okay. Like go get that tattoo. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to go get it because like, oh, I'm a golfer. People are gonna think like, if anything, just show them, show them that they're wrong. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and get good tattoos too. Yeah,
1: I know. Everyone has. I have, I have a couple that I, I'm not. I always say I'm not proud of. I like the tattoos. But they just weren't well done. But that came, they came with age and money because I just wanted yeah, tattoos. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Like, oh, just give me this cheap tattoo that I would like paste them together kind of thing. But um, I like stories. They tell a story though. You know what I mean? Like even if you look at your yeah. bad tattoos, you look at it going. I remember that I was young and dumb, and I thought that was the coolest thing at the time. I was super into this band, or because I think I have a, uh, a, a tattoo on my ribs for uh, a perfect circle. I had their okay. logo on my ribs. It was like All my right. first rib tattoo, and I thought I was like the biggest badass for getting my ribs done. And I'm like, oh, it didn't hurt that bad. So then I went and got my whole side done rib piece. And that was like some of the worst pain that I've ever been in my entire life. It was Yeah, awful. the ribs
0: suck. The ribs yep, actually suck.
1: I'm working on a full back piece now, which unfortunately I had to pause it because, uh, Just it's expensive and money and life happens kind of thing. But tailbone, I can see why girls in the nineties would get that tattoo and never got another one again. It is (laughs) the worst pain I have ever had because you can feel it going throughout your your entire body. It's just it just reverberates. It just it's awful. I can see why girls got that one tattoo. Like, I'm never getting another one again. Like, totally understand. Like
0: (laughs) you feel it in your skull.
1: Yeah, it's it's when you feel. A needle going in your back, and you feel your fingertips zapping. You you have and you have no control of your body. It's just a. Uh, I'm glad that part of the tattoo is over. Let's put it that way.
0: All right, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna get you out of here on on two questions. All, all right? right, normally I don't like asking questions. You know, in the interview, it's more of a of a flow type thing. But what is what is your favorite tattoo that you have on you?
1: Oh God.
0: Oh, I don't
1: know. <laughs> um i love all of them i really like what i did with this half sleeve here it was like the first thing that i did and i got a bunch of things like kind of like put together randomly then they pulled it together um Mm -hmm. and i like this because it started off as i used to be a very like this positive persona that i have not even a person the positive person i am now i was never this i never i wasn't always this way I was a very much a cynic. I was a very nihilistic person. I still love dark humor though. So, but um, <laughs> it started off with, uh, this was like, I like to call it like my spiritual journey. It, this was like this, all these, these, all these tattoos were realizations that I had along the way of becoming a better person. So I would say these are favorite from a, I guess, like a philosophical perspective. Now I have my quads done and they're super cool. I have a shaman on one and then I have like a, like a like a nordic like witch on the other one kind of like uh like a seer kind of thing and i love there's probably my favorites i think just from an aesthetic perspective okay because they're just super cool they're done like that old like uh like the thick bold lines american traditional but the guy yes, has like yeah. his own his own like style with it kind of thing i love my quads my back is sick too though it's like this big vulture like eating this half dead girl mm-hmm. and it's like roses on my butt it's like wild it's, Crazy tattoo. People see it and they're horrified. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, that's awesome. So, part two. Uh, this is even more difficult to answer because oh, I'm God. not sure I could answer this on the spot. I am going to put you on the spot here. Mm-mm. Your top three favorite bands.
1: Oh, gosh. This is always like cycling. Right. Um, and you've got
0: to, th- I always think about it this way like, you're, you're, uh, look, you know, pat myself on the back a little bit like you're in a podcast that a lot of people are going to listen to and they may like they may be put on to some of the music that you're going to put out there in the golf universe right now
1: so i gotta say architects is always in the top three okay i love architects i love sam carter i love fry vocals um that whole album all our gods have abandoned us is such a good album it's such a sad story behind it too love that band uh gosh I gotta say sleep token, they're newer for me, but I love that band because they they're just they have everything in their music from synths to kind of funky vibes, a little bit of rap, some metal core. They kind of do everything. Gosh, but a third band. It's like I, I listen to so much, I I music ADHD half the time. Um I'm trying to think of a band like I never skip.
0: That's a good way to think about it.
1: I, try, I think a band, like if a, song, a band comes on, like, oh, I have to listen to this kind of thing.
0: Right, right.
1: Um, You know, I, I'm going to answer this and like, I'm going to send you a message like five minutes later, giving you a of different course. band. I guarantee, I guarantee you. Um, you know, I probably put silent planet up there. I really like silent planet. I like Garrett. Um, I, I think he's a great writer, like poet. He's a very intelligent guy and they just kind of mix like, like philosophy and beauty with like metal so well because it sounds so aggressive but when you go and read the lyrics the guy's a lyrical genius mm-hmm. he's like the sweetest guy on earth i talked to him a little bit he's like the nerdiest like happiest like a uh, guy all the time so like meeting the bands definitely has like an influence on that for me but it's so hard because so i want to put like polaris up there as well i love polaris um i mean i could go on for days on this one man oh spirit box oh just spirit box <laughs> see listen, like spirit box architect I open yeah, Architects, Sleep Token, and Spirit Box. I'll give my top three okay. for the time being.
0: All right, we're gonna stand.
1: Yeah, I found a new band like earlier this week too. If you're, have you ever listened to a band called Alpha Wolf? No, I've not. So they're they're heavy. They're Australian. There's a band called Downswing. That's the name of the band. Um, they're like Aviana meets Alpha Wolf. They're just brutal. Um, actually, my last reel that I posted, that song that was on it, that's the band Downswing.
0: Okay. OK, yeah, so
1: yeah, I, I'm starting to get into them, too, but I still got to do the watch the interviews with the band. And I, I I'm the guy that reads the interviews, watches the interviews, do, yep. watch the live shows. Yep. I do all that stuff. So, yep. <laughs> yeah,
0: I just found uh, I just found a, a new one from the UK, a, a band called Soft Play. Soft. Um, sounds very, you know, melodic. And they're just a two man kind of Ooh. punk, hardcore band. Little bit of synth, little bit of like digitization in it, but uh, yeah, they just changed their name. They're, they they used to be called Slaves, they released two albums or three albums. They got Wait. a lot of pushback on that name, obviously, and then they, now they're Soft Play.
1: They were named, so there's another band called Slaves. Okay, do, do, you, do you remember Johnny Craig, Amarosa? Yeah, yeah, yeah he's saying he sang or sings for Slaves. I don't know if they're still together or not. They may have broke Johnny Craig, you never
0: know what's going on with him. Um, okay, so maybe that's the reason why they had to end up changing their name. Yeah, there's a band
1: called Slaves and Johnny Craig was fronting it. That was after okay. his like his, like his fifth band. and I think they may have probably kicked him out of that one too. Who knows? But gotcha. what about you? What <laughs> gotcha. are your top three? If you had to do top three bands, you'd put me in the spot.
0: God, that's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's, not, that's not how this happens. That's not how this works in spot. <laughs> um, gosh, I'll I tell you what. if it, If I'm going to list my three favorite bands of all time. It's going to be crazy. Um, there's no, this is not in any type of order whatsoever. Um, but it's, oh God, I see now I'm, I'm just going to go with like my top three that I could not live without. That's the Beatles, U2 and Guns N' Roses. Simple as that. Oh, solid. That I can, I can do that. Simple as that. Now, if, if I wanted to go more like digging into the different genres, um, like I was born, I, I was raised by the Sex Pistols. Like my my youngest mm-hmm. son's name is is Lydon, named after John Lydon from the Sex Pistols. Okay. Um, so my like they have to be happened. up there.
1: What's that? My <laughs> dad almost named me Bon Scott.
0: He <laughs> <laughs> was this. And my AC mom AC wouldn't let do it.
1: Yeah, I think as a kid I would have hated it. As an adult, it would have been the most badass thing ever.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's YouTube's oh awesome. god, there's, YouTube's there's YouTube's so awesome. many. YouTube. Like I I I'd, I'd put Gaslight Anthem up there, Day to Remember. Uh, e-town concrete has to be up there these are some smaller lesser known bands that, that mm-hmm. people have never heard of strife Snapcase, you know earth crisis is one of my favorite bands of all time i i yeah i can't do that i can't do it i'll stick with u2 the beatles and guns and roses easy easier that way <laughs> u2's octung
1: baby is one of my favorite albums of all time that is a phenomenal album front to back like, it's still I'm, an album to yeah. go back and listen to
0: rattle and hum was actually the first cd i ever got. Really. Yep, and then I had the VHS of that because they did like a music movie to "Rattle and Hum." It was like a two piece. They did the the live, you know, like the the, the live ish album. That's what it was supposed to be, yeah. and then they did a a video along with it as well. Oh, that's cool! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite albums of uh, of all time is uh, is U two Live at Red Rocks. I think it's probably the greatest live album ever. Sunday Bloody Sunday from there is just it's mind blowing. Like if anyone's out there, go watch it on YouTube uh bono's performance of sunday bloody sunday at red rocks i think it's 85 is oh wow is insane. absolutely always insane. To see a show there too man like that's
1: that's a bucket list for me
0: oh god yeah 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 without a doubt that's on them my wife knows that you know what i mean i i would two things i'd love to see you two at red rocks and the killers in las vegas
1: killers in vegas would be fun dude that yeah. would be a real fun show yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> for sure for sure um all right pat so listen uh let people know exactly where they can find you. Let people know where they can listen to you, uh, the Par None podcast, your new podcast, come up. Give them all the details because obviously we're going to put all this stuff in the liner notes and then post it all over Instagram when the episode is released. But give that to them as they're listening now.
1: For sure. So my handle is PJR Scratch Golf. Um, That's my Instagram handle. That's where you find all my videos. Um, I'm mainly just on Instagram. As far as podcasts go, it's Par None. Um, And it's on every streaming platform. It is on YouTube. It is on literally everything. And the new one is called Golf Rehab. Um, we haven't posted anything yet, but we do have an Instagram page, and we're trying to do some posts and build some traction there. So um, those are the three places you'll find me. It's PJR Scratch Golf, Par None, and Golf Rehab.
0: Awesome. This has been a blast, dude. I've, uh, I, uh, oh, you know, first off, love talking to you. Glad we got to meet kind of you know, digitally mm-hmm. face-to-face. Cannot thank you enough for your time for doing this as well.
1: Oh, thanks for having me on here, dude. I was I was so geek when you finally when you asked me, like, hey, we're gonna make it happen this week. I'm like, yes, finally. I didn't want to harass you, awesome. but I was wanting to do this. So
0: <laughs> awesome, awesome. All right, people. So either get busy golfing or get busy dying. All right. I think we're clear. It's not it won't let me stop recording on my side. Whatever. I mean, I'll edit that part at the end. Yeah, that's weird. The stop record button's not working. You can still hear me though, right? Yeah, I can still hear you. Give me one
1: second real quick, all right? (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Hey, do, do you have a button on your side that says stop recording at all? Uh, Invites? Probably not. Oh, yeah, I do. All right, do me a favor and hit that.
1: I just, I've tapped it twice and it didn't do anything.
0: Yeah. All right. I'm just, you know, so the way Skype works is like once the call's done, like so for 30 days, the whole video and everything stays in the Skype program. Um, so I'm just assuming when we end the call that it'll just save the same way. But normally, like I just hit stop recording and it starts saving it, but it's not doing that.
1: Yeah, that would really suck too if you ended the call and it just, <laughs> just disappeared.
0: Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's why I'm just looking around at everything else to see what else is on here that I might be able to, uh... No, that's not it. No, it's got to work. Yeah, like I've shrunk the screen. I grew the screen. <laughs> 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 what the hell? This computer today, I swear to God, like this wants to be the death of me.
1: That's how mine was yesterday. I had my internet go out yesterday too, which was uh. just awful. So, actually, it's probably best that you couldn't do it yesterday, anyways, because I had no, cert- like I was out of internet till five o'clock.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't even get to go golfing. I plan on going golfing. and my wife's like, hey, my friend owns a horse farm. She wants us to go horseback ride. And I was like, okay. So my <laughs> son went and played, and I rode horses. I don't think I've ever ridden a horse. I have I had never either.
1: It seems scary. I don't know if I want – I don't know if I trust him that much.
0: I'll tell you what. It was – like, it was sick. It was pretty cool, and I got done. It was only, like, 45 minutes or so, and mm-hmm. I was like, wow. Like, I get why people love this. Like I can oh, completely oh. understand why it's, you know, I'm sure people have that thing with golf. Yeah, you know, that's, that's what I related to, to my wife. I'm like, you know, people go to the range. They hit like 50 shitty shots. They hit one good one. They're like, wow, that's man. That felt awesome. Like, I want to try that again.
1: That's all it takes is one good shot. That's yeah. what keeps us from quitting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. This is, this is really kind of, uh, irking me. I had an episode like a hundred episodes ago, we did a bang up episode with this guy Brian Spitz. He's a uh, PGA pro in Massachusetts, qualified for the U.S. Senior Open. Uh, had myself and my buddy out because it was right, it was right by us. It was twenty minutes away from our house, and we hung out with him and his wife all week. We do this banger episode of the podcast, and I go to shut it off, and I get this error message from Skype, and like I'm on the phone with their people for like three hours trying to get this data back. And they're just like, yeah, it's just not there, man. I'm like, no, it's there. <laughs> it like, I can there. see it. It just says error. And they're like, yeah, I, I, did you hit record? I'm like, it's right there.
1: That's wild. Yeah, I've, 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 hit,
0: I've, I've probably hit this about a hundred times already now.
1: Yeah. I've hit stop recording a few times. too.
0: <laughs> doing <it> in <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, well, worst, worst comes to worst. We hang up and we got the whole goddamn thing over again. And, and that's fine by me. I'm cool with that,
1: so. <laughs> uh,
0: I, I will send you a message, though, dude, once this is done to make sure it is or not. Oh, for sure, yeah. Yeah. All right. Hey, honestly, bro, absolutely fantastic. Had yes. a blast. Love love chatting with you. Uh, like, seriously, one of those people, I wish you lived around the block from me, you know? Oh, dude, you'd have a good
1: time, 100%. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually know some people. I I talked to a couple people on Instagram that live out. You said you live in Pennsylvania, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I i apparently i need to come to pennsylvania because it's there's it's a thing i don't know why but it is
0: <laughs> uh, i'm not sure i'm not sure it's a thing <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's how i feel about st louis though it's like everyone's like oh st louis I'm like, eh. i live outside the city for a reason like
0: <laughs> yeah yeah you got baseball and murder that's about it we do those two things well in st louis you know yeah
1: yeah 100 yeah <laughs> baseball is been slack in a little bit too so
0: <laughs> this is very true yeah very very true. <laughs> all right, bubble. listen, enjoy the other pod tonight. Um, yep. I'll shoot you a message. I'm sure this is fine. All right. All right, yeah, appreciate you, man. If you ever want to do it again, just let me know. All right. Yeah, I did de- I look, I definitely do. Um, so this is probably later this week, Thursday, Friday-ish. Okay. Um, yeah. unless, you know, depending on how the one with uh Tony from Drag Under does, if that's like really going hard, then I might just hold this off till next Monday. You know what I mean? Make it my next yeah. week's one or so but i'll obviously tag in shoot you the link and all that stuff
1: yeah uh quick question i wasn't asking yeah. i didn't want to ask before how many like how
0: many listeners usually get on these what a great question dude it's all over the place <laughs> um my most lit my most downloaded episode was 3,800 downloads oh wow um my least downloaded episode was it's like 650 675 so we're oh, gonna wow. get somewhere between that okay good That's- enough for
1: me <laughs> I didn't want to know before <laughs> because I was gonna stress myself out. That's why I was waiting to ask you. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, yeah. So so right now I'm working anywhere but be- like the the uh the two part Pinehurst one I just did. Both of them did like 13, 1400. Okay. People have seemed to like see, it depends. Like people like the short ones that they mm-hmm. can listen to the entire thing on a drive to and from. Yeah. But then what people tell me is like, hey, man, when you've got a guest on, like, you need to be longer with that guest because you might not have him on again. And I'm like, oh, well, that's, you know, okay, that's a good mm-hmm. point, you know. So you kind of always straddle the line between, you know, you never know what people want and you never know what their listening habits are going to be, you yeah. know. And you
1: can't please everybody either. That's the thing is like, no. there's know, there's people that want it for the short drive and there's people that sit there while they're cleaning their house, have it in the background and want, they can listen to it for an hour, you know, so. Yeah,
0: yeah. And here's, I'll right. tell you what, here's the craziest thing that I find. So we do about, um, like every 30 days we do about 25,000 Spotify impressions, which is people searching, people downloading, people listening and people sharing. Those are the four things. Now that's just Spotify. Um, my main, my main listens come from iTunes. I go about 70% iTunes, like 25% Spotify. And then google podcast or whatever the bs people listen to yeah Um, prime
1: and all that other stuff yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah but i have so many people that follow the instagram page that don't even listen to the podcast that legit are like dude like i love your stuff oh i love watching your son play golf like wow you went down there and stuff i'm like yeah did you listen to the episode of that they're like episode of what (laughs) (laughs) my podcast
1: this is the whole point of the page yeah
0: like that's (laughs) That's why the page started, so people could listen to the podcast. Like, oh no, no, I don't listen to podcasts. <laughs> okay, yeah. it was like I right following. I guess yeah. like <laughs> we're like we're cool. So like on so on Instagram, usually like per week, we're thirty 000 to forty thousand reaches, or whatever oh, they wow. call. You know, what I mean, yeah. um So between the two, you know, it's it's you know would would I love ten thousand people to listen to every episode? Yeah, but that's. That's happening to to no lane up guys and Friday. You know, I mean, those numbers are like, I don't do it full time, man. You know what I mean? If if I did and I knew how to work YouTube and I had someone working for me and doing the internet stuff and all I had to do was speak, then maybe. But you know, yeah, it's kind of like shooting content.
1: If I had a videographer (laughs) out there with me, it'd be a lot easier than me doing it myself. It would look a lot better.
0: Oh, the amount of golf
1: shots that I thought I had in frame that looked good. Then I go back and watch the video. I'm like, great. Half my swing wasn't in that video. That's awesome. It's always great.
0: (laughs) You talk about frame. Everything I've ever filmed is is from this. Like that's, you know what I mean? Like I, I, I don't have a camera, nothing. People are like, oh dude, that would look so great. If you could zoom in with this, like, you know, Nikon 500. I'm like, I have an iPhone. Yep. (laughs) There is an
1: app. It's like $10 a month. It's called captions. And you can actually upload the video on there. It'll do cool captions for you. It'll automatically do it. And there's like an AI Zoom where it'll actually watch the video for you and zoom in on parts where it feels like it should zoom in on. Super really? Cool. Yeah, yeah. Wow. It's been giving me some hell, but it could be because like my phone, like all my stuff's in the cloud. It's not getting from the cloud to the app. Yeah, it's just-
0: that's where all my, yep, 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 I know the pain that. In
1: the ass. <laughs> yeah. How bad, how bad.
0: Well, that's cool. I'll look into that.
1: Yeah, makes it, yeah, my, AI everything makes it everything easier.
0: <laughs> my my mantra was not to spend a cent on this podcast, but it was just to get stuff from it. I did buy this mic. That's it. It's the only thing I bought. You know,
1: I bought a mic and I have a little lamp back there too because the lighting in my house can be kind of crappy. Yeah,
0: so. that's I, yeah, yeah. I've got that. And this is this is like my my golf baseball card golf room. So,
1: oh nice. Yeah, <laughs> the binder spike. Yeah, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're all awesome. all over the place there. Yeah. All right, but Well, listen seriously. It's been a blast. If I get out to your neck of the woods or you get out here, we are playing golf.
1: Yes. If you could, next time you come to St. Louis, give me some notice. We will make it happen.
0: Okay. All right.
1: Thank you, Pat. I
0: appreciate it, bud. No, peace. All right. Be good, brother. Absolutely. It
1: depends on the uh, C-O-R of the flagstick, so the Co-Vision Restitution flagstick. In U.S. Opens, I'll take it out, and uh, every other tour event, when it's uh, fiberglass,
0: I'll leave it in and bounce that ball against the flagstick if I need to. Podcast patrons, Leave the Pin podcast is super stoked to have Gas House Golf as their official clothing sponsor for the podcast. Go to gashousegolf.com, find them on all forms of social media at Gas House Golf. Gas House makes affordable, eye-catching, one-of-a-kind polos that help you stand out from the crowd. Why spend $75, $100, or even more on polos that make you look like everybody else when you can get one at an affordable price from Gas House Golf? Hit the ball a mile and look damn good doing it. Swanee's is here with a fresh take. Performance-based materials are a given these days. But if you're looking for the stretchiest and most lightweight pieces that deliver a look that says I'm here for a good time, take a walk on the Swanee side. With fabric sourced from recycled plastics and design sourced from our very own Weekend Warriors, Swannies is looking out for both our planet and those that need a little style to boost their drive another 15 yards. Premium looks from top to bottom at swannies.com.